We are just a few short days away from camp getting started. It is so close, you can almost taste it. So on today's edition of Locked on LSU, I want to break down some of the positional battles that I'm going to be watching throughout camp. You are Locked on LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Plus, don't forget, we also are on YouTube as well. So if you normally listen on your preferred podcast platform, wonderful. Thank you. So glad you're here. But don't forget that you can also watch the podcast in addition to listening on your preferred podcast platform. But wherever you listen, however you listen, and however you interact with the podcast, whether it's liking, commenting, subscribing, or leaving a good review, However you listen, wherever you listen, however you interact, just happy that you're here and always appreciate you for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. So like I said yesterday, I'm in the process of a move, so bear with me while the walls behind me are very bare and very boring and while there's boxes all around me that you can't see, bear with me. It's gonna, I'm going to tackle this one day at a time. Um, don't recommend moving in the summertime. Don't recommend moving smack dab in the middle of NFL training camp when you also cover an NFL team, but we're making it. By the grace of God, we are making it. But let's get into it because, as I mentioned, NFL training camp, LSU's camp starts in just a couple of days. The players report on Wednesday, first official day of practice, will be on Thursday. I expect to hear from Brian Kelly. I fully expect to hear from Brian Kelly either on Wednesday when the players report or maybe either Thursday morning before practice. I know Brian Kelly tends to like to meet with the media early in the morning. Maybe it's a post-practice meeting, whatever it might be. I expect to hear from Brian Kelly at some point this week. So whenever that is, I'll have a full breakdown of that, my thoughts on what Brian Kelly had to say as we head into camp. But as we head into camp, I want to break down some of the positional battles that I'm going to be looking at. Got names that I'm going to be looking at, specific position groups that I'm going to be looking at, and my early picks for those starters at at those positions. And I, I know, I fully understand that it's early. That after one day of camp, that's not nearly enough of a sample size to fully evaluate where that individual player might be or where that individual position group might be. So pre-camp is obviously early, but at least something to look at, players to look at as we start to see these battles unfold. So today, I'm focusing on the defense because I think that with the number of transfer portal players that LSU brought in defensively, those might be the more fun positional battles to watch is with the defense. Also, one thing that I always like to keep in mind going into training camp is the defense is probably going to be further along this early. And that's not because the offense isn't good. That's not because the offense isn't in a place that it needs to be. But when you think about an offensive install, it's usually a lot more complicated. There's a lot more things to break down than potentially maybe a defensive install. That might not necessarily be the case in this training camp, just considering there's so much newness defensively and a lot more continuity offensively. But that's another thing to watch as you may go to practice yourself as you start to read and hear things and evaluations from practice. That's just one thing to keep in mind because usually 
for the most part, that's not a blanket statement, but usually when the pads come on, and the pads aren't coming on day one, but when the pads do start to come on, the defense is usually coming along a little bit quicker than the offense might. And that's no reason to panic whatsoever. But I'm looking at the defense today. I think the, just in my opinion, the most interesting position battle going into this camp and the one that I'm most intrigued to see unfold. And you might have a completely different opinion. That's totally fair. It's simply just opinion. But what I'm most excited about, and I think it's just the nature of the position and how it's used at LSU, it's the Jack linebacker position. I think it's interesting for a few reasons. One, because I think always, you know, historically, LSU has a force of a defensive line. Two, because going into this season, there are so many solid options to fill into that Jack linebacker edge rusher role. And three, because whoever's playing Jack this season's got really big shoes to fill. You know, you don't lose a B.J. Ojolari, who is a number 18 and a fixture on this football team over the last three years and get better. It's not an easy position to play, nor are is it an easy person to follow up in B.J. Ojolari. So I'm just excited because I think the Jack linebacker position is such a key and anchored position on a defensive line that historically always is stout, but specifically this season looks to be early. One of the strongest points of this defense specifically, but really over the team overall. So looking at the candidates to play that Jack linebacker position, this guy I think is going to be considered, but however, I do not think that he's going to win the job, nor do I think that he's going to be considered as seriously, or is he going to get the number of reps that maybe these other guys are? And that's Savion Jones, um, a returning player from this past season. And defensively, those players are a uh, few and far between um, in the spring. He was more, working more at defensive end, not counting him out, but again, Savion Jones, I would say likely not maybe in the future, get a few more reps, get a little more comfortable with this defense, show more what you can do defensively. Savion Jones has got time. Um, but I do think we can maybe see him start to take some snaps at that edge rusher position. The two that I think are most likely are between Ovia Gufo and Braden Swinson, two transfers in this 2023 transfer class. I'll start with Ovia Gufo. I will give you a little peek behind the curtain. He is my pick to be to win the Jack linebacker job. In 2022, um, he had one and a half sacks, 53 tackles, one forced fumble at Texas. So remember, Ovia Gufo started his career at Notre Dame, transferred to Texas, and then coming back uh, to LSU to play for Brian Kelly. And not the sexiest stats in the world, but he's got a lot of experience at the position. Ovia Gufo has starting reps and several seasons of starting football, of Power 5 football, football under his belt. And that might be more than you can say than some other candidates to play Jack Linebacker. So I think just for experience sake, that's why I'm giving my nod to Ovia Gufo. And also he was one that was taking the most first team reps throughout spring practice, but I'm not counting out this other guy. And that's Braden Swinson, another transfer in the 2023 class coming in from Oregon. He was struggling with some injuries this past season and was also struggling with kind of getting pushed on the depth chart over at Oregon this past season, only played in five games, recorded zero tax uh, sacks and eight total tackles. That kind of plays into the advantage of Ovia Gufo, just given that he has more recent and more reps at that position. But in 2021, I mean, Braden Swinson 
recorded one of his best years, if not his best year in college football. In nine games, he recorded three sacks and 23 tackles. I think the case with Braden Swinson is, one, can you stay healthy? And two, how many reps can you get throughout camp to make you, you know, emerge as maybe a favorite for that position? So those are the two players I'm looking at most seriously to play that Jack position. Um, Deshaun Wilmack and Jackson Howard, two true freshmen in this 2023 class. They absolutely are going to get reps. I don't expect them to get first team reps, second or third team. Um, but Deshaun Wilmack is a five-star edge rusher, one of the top players in this 2023 class, the top player coming out of the state of Maryland, the number three edge rusher in the 2023 class. They are going to want to see what Deshaun Wilmack can do. Because if there's one thing that I learned from Brian Kelly this past season, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how much experience you have. If you're a true freshman and you give this team the best opportunity to win football games, then you are going to get that opportunity. So if Deshaun Wilmack comes out in summer um, in, in training camp and looks better than Ovia Gufo or Braden Swinson, he's going to win the job. So he's going to get the opportunity. But I think early in camp, a majority of the first team reps are going to be split up between Ovia Gufo and Braden Swinson, probably not equally. Uh, but Deshaun Womack will get his chance. Jackson Howard is another one, a four-star edge rusher out of Minneapolis, the number one recruit out of the state of Minnesota in this year's class. They're both going to get the opportunity. But again, again, I'll say if you're a true freshman, doesn't matter. If you're the best one that gives this team the best opportunity to win, you're going to get that opportunity. But also, then again, you've got some time to sit back and learn, grow, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, all of the above. So that's what I'm looking at for the Jack linebacker position. And that's what I'm most looking forward to. But coming up next, another defensive positional battle that I am looking forward to and I am pumped about it. We'll get into that coming up next. But before we do that, I want to tell you about eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure that every single player is a perfect fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time that you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part that you need fits just right. The first time around, I mean, there's nothing worse than ordering something online or going into the store, getting something. It doesn't fit. You have to go back. You have to return it. It's a hassle. Save time and money with eBay Motors. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you're going to be back in the game in no time. After all, it is easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on YouTube as well. So if you haven't checked out us out on YouTube, make sure to do so. Coming up on tomorrow's episode for all of our everydayers, I'm going to get into the offensive positional battles that I am looking at in camp and really just overall storylines that I'm excited to look for in camp. Plus, we kind of took a little bit of a break from this throughout the summer, but mailbags are coming back. So make sure to get those questions in. You can comment them below on YouTube. You can tweet them at me at Caroline Fenton one. You can DM me however you want to get those questions in. Just get your camp questions, LSU overall questions, get those in and we'll address those 
on a mailbag Wednesday. But moving along into my defensive battles that I'm looking at in camp, Jack Linebacker is the number one that I'm looking at. The second one I think is super interesting, just given the nature of the position, not just this year, but last year as well. And that's corner. The 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 battle for the starting corners. And this is intriguing because LSU picked up so much talent through the transfer portal. Are you looking at Isaiah Alexander from Southeastern, Deuce Chestnut from Syracuse, Denver Harris, one of the top players in the transfer portal in this season coming from Texas A&M. But it's about how those pieces fit together. And it's about how those pieces pick up the defense and fit into this defense. Because you're not home-growing this talent. You're trying to find these players that have been playing elsewhere in different defensive schemes, maybe against different levels of competition, that have varying levels of experience, and trying to fit these little puzzle pieces together and hoping that it makes a pretty picture. This past season, Matt House was tasked with that. With basically building the secondary up from the ground up with transfer portal pieces. It was like an island of misfit toys that somehow Matt House was able to put together. You know, a, a, a wonderful product. Can he do it again? So you're working with a whole lot of transfers. You get two starting corners, give or take. So the candidates that I'm looking at most likely to be your first team corners, your starting guys. One, Zy Alexander, like I mentioned, transfer from Southeastern, a four-star transfer in this year's class. The second one is uh, is Deuce Chestnut. Transfer from Syracuse, first team all ACC this past year. He's been a starter, a consistent starter since his freshman season at Syracuse. In 2022, he recorded 40 tackles and a pick six on the season. So those two, I think they're going to be as good as locks to be some of your starters. But I'm also looking at Denver Harris. Now, Denver Harris didn't get a whole lot of first team reps in spring practice. Denver Harris is also, I think, the most talented corner on this roster. So you might think to yourself, okay, well, why isn't he getting the first team nod? Let's not forget that Denver Harris transferred from Texas A&M because of behavioral issues. He was suspended twice this past season. One for breaking team rules. I think he was staying out past curfew. The second involved an incident in the locker room against South Carolina that left him out of the remainder of the season. But Denver Harris was a five-star recruit. Denver Harris was one of the top players in this year's transfer portal class. Denver Harris in the 2022 recruiting class was that guy that I think every recruiting coordinator, defensive coordinator, and head coach circled on their list and said, we've got to get that guy. But Denver Harris didn't take advantage of his first opportunity. Can he take advantage of his second opportunity at LSU? He wasn't taking first team reps, I don't think, because I think that Brian Kelly wants him to work for every opportunity that he's going to get. I don't think that Brian Kelly wants to hand Denver Harris anything on a silver platter just simply because of what his name is and what he knows he's capable of. Denver Harris is going to have to work for it. So I think that he's going to be he's going to be a starter on this team. But can he stay out of trouble? Can he prove to Brian Kelly that he wants this, that he wants his opportunity to play in the NFL, to potentially win a national championship at LSU? Prove it that you want it 
and work for it because nothing is going to be given to you just given everything that Denver Harris went through this past season. So I think that Zy Alexander, Denver Harris, and Deuce Chestnut are the main three in the cornerback group that I'm going to be looking at throughout fall camp. Terrence Welch is another one that's going to get a good bit of reps throughout camp. He's the only returning scholarship player from this cornerback group from this past season, which is just, uh, it's, it's worrisome. Absolutely. It's worrisome. They're working on it. They're working on it. Another one that I'm interested to see um, how he's used in camp is Javion Toviano. Um, Four-star, five-star corner in the 2023 class just kind of depends on which recruiting website that you look at. Overall, one of the top corners in this year's class. He got a lot of work at safety in spring practice. Is that because that's where they want Javion Toviano to play is at safety? Is it because he had to play there just simply because Greg Brooks and Major Burns were out with an injury for a good bit of spring practice and they just needed a body to play safety? Was he playing safety just to see, just so they could see what he could do? Can he be versatile? Can he play corner? Can he play up? Can he play box safety? Um, so I don't know. That'll be interesting to see Javion Taviana, where they like to use him because he was a corner for a good bit of high school. He's listed as a corner on 247sports.com. But if he can play safety, then great. That just makes him more versatile and makes him more of a weapon for this defense, for the secondary. So I'm, he's going to be included in this corner defensive back battle, but just how he's used and in what capacity is something that I'm interested to see unfold. So there you go. Jack linebacker and cornerback, I think, are the most intriguing and maybe the most competitive defensive battles going into camp. We'll get into offense tomorrow. But coming up, coming up next, an exciting start to August as far as LSU recruiting is concerned. Maybe a last name that you've heard of and you are awfully familiar with. I'll get into that coming up next. Well, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Broke down a couple of offensive line commits from LSU that they landed over the weekend. Bayou Splash Weekend this past weekend landed uh, a three-star offensive tackle, Ori Williams, out of San Marcos, Texas, and flipped in-state Joseph Cryer, interior offensive lineman, plays guards, played center, flipped him from Ole Miss. So LSU got two offensive line commits in two days and starts off August with yet another commit. Now, those two offensive line commitments are in the 2024 class. This commitment that comes today comes in the 2025 class, but still important nonetheless because three-star tight end from Sulphur, J.D. LaFleur, John David LaFleur, has committed to LSU. Now, last name LaFleur, I understand. It's fairly common, but it may sound familiar. That last name in conjunction with the tight end position, in conjunction with playing for LSU, because he is a legacy player. His dad, David LaFleur, played at LSU in the mid to late 90s from 1994 to 1996, had a hell, had a hell of a career at LSU, two-time All-SEC in 1994 and 1996, third-team All-American in 96 as well, had a short stint with the Cowboys for a few years after that. But David LaFleur, a great Tiger for those years. Now LSU bringing in his son, John David LaFleur, a three-star, again, like I mentioned, tight end from Sulphur in the 2025 class. 6'6", 220 pounds. I mean, he's a huge dude. He's going into his, that would be what, his junior year of high school. So he's 15, 16 years old, already 6'6", 220 pounds. 
he's got some time to put a whole lot more weight on just to get stronger. So that's exciting for me to see picked LSU over Florida, Miami, and Texas A&M. So why does this matter? Why is this important? I think the obvious thing is the number one priority for this recruiting staff, like Brian Kelly mentioned, was keep in-state talent home. That's exactly what they're doing with John David LaFleurs, one of the top players in the state of Louisiana in the 2025 class, already committing to LSU. Another thing is dad played at LSU. It just feels like an obvious marriage. You lose a guy like that to maybe an A&M or a Florida, it's kind of a sucker punch, honestly. So that's a huge commitment from him. The second thing is, one thing that I kind of thought about whenever whenever LSU hired Brian Kelly let's go back a couple of years ago whenever it was announced that Brian Kelly was going to be the next head coach at LSU I'm thinking well not only is it an interesting culture fit but it's also an interesting fit in terms of the style of play that Brian Kelly typically plays with Brian Kelly and Mike Denbrock are known probably more than any other coach in college football for recruiting and developing tight ends getting tight ends drafted. I mean, you look at Notre Dame tight ends in the league now, it's it's like a peanut butter and jelly tight ends and, and Notre Dame. So I thought, well, that's interesting. You know, a position that traditionally at LSU isn't elite. You know, you don't look at LSU and say, man, oh man, does that team pump out a bunch of tight ends into the league? I thought, you know, is this going to change one, a tight end's perception of LSU, and two, is it going to change LSU's traditional use of the tight end position? And I think after just two recruiting classes in one full season, the answer is absolutely, absolutely, tight end is becoming more and more of a relevant position for LSU, and you see more and more tight ends wanting to play at LSU because they want to play with Brian Kelly. They want to play in a Mike Denbrock system that uses the tight end so heavily. So, I mean, it's new, uh, g- fairly, generally. it's it, it, This is a, a new kind of offense that we are seeing at LSU, at least in recent years, but it's exciting because you're seeing in the 22, 23, 24, and 25 classes some of the top tight ends in the country wanting to come to LSU, which isn't typically something that we have seen. So I think the important things are keeping in-state talent in-state, continuing to build upon tight end talent, and starting to build that 2025 class. LSU now lands three players in that 2025 class. Um, John David LaFleur joins two other commitments, Brett Bordelon, a three-star tackle from Newman in New Orleans, and a three-star corner, Jalen Bell, out of Loganville, Georgia. It's early. It's 2025. I mean, we've got a whole lot of time to build up the 2025 class. Those three players also have a whole lot of time to flip those commitments, to reopen the recruitments, whatever it might be. But this time is so key for LSU and recruiting with the 24 and 25 classes and exciting to see those commitments start to come out after such a big weekend of recruiting this past weekend at Bayou Splash Weekend. But that's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. Every day is coming up tomorrow on the podcast. My positional battles that I'm going to be looking for offensively as camp starts on Thursday. All of that plus so much more coming up tomorrow's edition of Locked in LSU.